I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. to episode 103 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. Today we are reading the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 4, with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, and I'm smoking the Oliva Sirio Maduro in the Robusto 5x50 Vitola. Let's go to the Oliva Cigars website and see what they have to say. All Nicaraguan sun-grown filler and binder in a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper. The natural sweetness found in Connecticut makes this blend full-bodied yet smooth. The Sirio Maduro features notes of dark tobacco with spice and rich cedar. It is an excellent smoke for the more developed smoker. And the wrapper is from the United States, Connecticut, like I said. Binder and filler are both Nicaraguan. And the Vitolas are 7x50 Churchill, 6x60 Double Toro, 6.5x52 Torpedo, 5x54 Double Robusto, and the 5x50 Robusto. And it also won uh, Cigar Aficionado's Best Cigar of the Year for 2005. That is the Oliva Siri O Maduro. So let's go ahead and get into this week's reading of Matthew chapter 4. And I am reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. And we'll pick it up in chapter 4, verse 1, continuing right after the end of uh, chapter 3, where Jesus had been baptized by John. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And Spurgeon comments on verse 1, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus had just been baptized, but he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
After times of great spiritual growth, believers must not suppose that in the Christian life, all will be sweetness or all will be gospel witnessing. We have to fight the good fight of faith, but our great adversary is not slow to begin the encounter. We are pilgrims in a strange land, so we must expect to find rough places on the road to heaven. Satan seizes opportunities. When he finds us weak, as the Savior was through long fasting, and when he finds us in trying circumstances, as the Savior was when hungry in the desert, then it is that he comes to tempt us. And back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Spurgeon comments on verse 4, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan began this temptation with an if in verse 3. He tried to cast a doubt on the Savior's sonship, and this is the way he often attacks a child of God now. He says to him, If you are a son of God, do such and such. Satan challenged Christ to work a miracle for himself to use his divine power on his own behalf. But this the Savior never did. He challenged Christ to distrust the providence of God and to be his own provider, and this is still a common temptation to God's people. And back to Matthew, verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And Spurgeon comments on verse 7, Do not test the Lord your God. Some people are engaged in activities that are hazardous to their immortal souls. They are in the midst of evil, yet they say God can keep them in safety there. Yes, he can, but I also know we have no right to go voluntarily where we are surrounded by temptation. If we are continually tempted in various situations, We may not presume upon the goodness of God to keep us, for it is our business to get as far as we can from what will lead us into sin. God does not put his servants on the pinnacle of the temple. The devil puts them there. And if they ever are there, the best thing they can do is get down as quickly and as safely as they can. But they must not cast themselves down. They must look to him who alone can bring them down safely. With some who claim to be Christians, presumption is a common sin. And back to Matthew 4, verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, 
all these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Spurgeon comments on verse 10, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus refused to endure any more of this talk. When it came down to a bribe, the promise that the devil would give him earth's glory if he would but fall down and worship him, Jesus ended the whole matter once and for all. Three times assaulted, three times victorious. Blessed Master, enable us also to be more than conquerors through your grace. And back to Matthew verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And Spurgeon comments on verse 19, Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. When Christ calls us by his grace, we ought not only to remember what we are, but we ought also to think of what he can make us. It is, follow me, and I will make you. We should repent of what we have been, but rejoice in what may be. It is not, follow me because of what you are already. It is not, follow me because you may make something of yourselves, but follow me because of what I will make you. It did not seem a likely thing that humble fishermen would develop into apostles, that men so handy with the net would be as much at home in preaching sermons and instructing converts. One would have said, How can these things be? You cannot make founders of churches out of peasants of Galilee. That is exactly what Christ did. And when we are brought low in the sight of God by a sense of our own unworthiness, we may feel encouraged to follow Jesus because of what He can make us. Matthew verse 20, Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. 
So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. And that's the end of today's reading in the book of Matthew. Be sure to check out the show notes for links for today's cigar and also Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals, and the Burning Bush Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And I'd appreciate it if you would tell your friends. So until next time, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.